0: Hi everyone, i David Allen here for Mishnah Masechet Shivuot, for Mishnah study, Perikhet, Mishnah Aleph. Mishnah Aleph of the eighth chapter, the final chapter of this Masechet, is going to open with talking about Shivuot, oh, this is taken by the four Shomrim, the four watchmen. In order to properly understand them, it's Kedai for us to take a look at the Pesukim in the Torah, in Parashat Mishpatim, Sefer Shemot, Perik Kavbet. If we look at this chapter in Pesuk Vav, the Torah gives us three consecutive chapters dealing with Shomrim. The first two are ambiguous as to what type of Shomer we're speaking about, which is why we'll need Torah Shabbat to explain it. The Pesukim read as follows. If a person shall give to his friend money or other types of utensils to watch over, and they are stolen from the home of the watchman, should the thief be caught, then he will have to pay double. But if the thief is not caught, then the watchman has to approach Elohim, talking about the judges, and offer a Shavu'ah. To uh, testify to the fact that he did not reach his hand in the work or in the property of his friend. In other words, that he was not negligent to use something improperly or cause it to be stolen. He watched it as to the best of his ability, and it was stolen from him despite that fact. Um, and the next pasuk is a pasuk we're familiar with. Al kol devar pesha, al shor, al hamor, al al sama, Al kol asher yoman ki ad ha-enohim devar They should bring their dispute to the Elohim, to the judges. Asher enohim So over here, this chapter talks about some type of shomer, some type of watchman who's given an article or a possession from his friend. It was stolen from his property. And as long as he did not uh, act negligently, he can take an oath and get out of it. That's the first type of shomer. But we don't know what the parameters of that shomer are. When we look at the second chapter in Pasuk Tet, it says, If a person should give to his friend a donkey, an ox, or a lamb, or any other animal to watch over, and the animal died, or it was broken, or damaged, or taken captive, and nobody saw it. What happens? An oath shall be taken between the shomer and the owner. Again, that language that he was not negligent in uh, reaching his hand towards his friend's property and using the animal in an improper way or improperly guarding it. And the husband, excuse me, the um, owner has to take it and he does not get paid. If it was stolen from him, however, he's going to have to pay. Now, what are we talking about? Here too, the... Text of the Torah does not specify what shomer we're speaking about. The first shomer in the first chapter was taking an oath on the issue of Geneva. This um, this shomer in the second chapter is not talking about Geneva. It's talking about the animal died, or it was injured, or it was taken captive, and that's when he's swearing to get out of it of negligence. What happened? What about Geneva? So, what are we talking about in these two chapters? Hence, if we take a look at Rashi on Pasuk Tet over here, Rashi tells us that the first chapter is talking about one type of watchman, and the second chapter is talking about a different watchman. He says, The first parasha was talking about a Shomer chinam, an unpaid watchman. For this reason, patarbo He was exempt from any theft. As the Pasuk said in Pasuk Vav, It was stolen from the watchman's home. He could swear and get out of it. if the thief was not found, then the baalabaiat, the watchman, comes and offers a shivuah Lamanta, we learn from here, and he could exempt himself with this oath in a situation of of stolen or lost property. The second chapter, which does not mention Gineva, but rather mentions death or injury or captivity or something of that nature, that's talking about a shomer sakhar. That's talking about a paid watchman. He's therefore not, not exempt if it was stolen from him. A paid watchman has more responsibility to ensure that he gives a higher level of shmirah that it should not be stolen or lost from his possession. And therefore, if, he, if the claim is that it was stolen or lost, then he's obligated to to pay. Um, As the Pasuk explicitly says that if it was stolen from him, he has to pay to the owner. But if it was something that was out of his control, he did everything properly and the animal simply died. Or it was injured or taken captive by bandits, something that was out of the control of the person. He did everything to properly watch it within the proper means. But there's no witness that could testify to it. In such a situation, he can go ahead and offer an oath to not be liable for paying back. So the first first chapter was talking about Shomer Hinnam. The second one is talking about Shomer Sahad it makes sense logically that a shomer hinam who's not being paid his level of culpability of responsibility is much lower than somebody who's a shomer sachar who is being paid a shomer hinam is exempt from ginavah Aveda with Ishivu'ah, whereas a shomer sachar is on the hook for ginavah avedah he cannot take an oath out of his uh, to exempt himself because he was responsible to watch it to that extent but if it's something that was again out of his control it was o- over his head so to speak then he will be obligated. He will he will be able to take an oath and exempt himself. The third chapter over here talks about a shoel, someone who is a borrower. That's in pasuk Yud Should a person borrow from his friend any type of vessel or animal, and it's broken or dies, the owner is not there, he has to pay. We'll leave that pasuk on the side, but basically the Torah is telling us that a sho'el, someone who's a borrower, who's getting all of the benefits of using the object without paying for it, um, would seemingly be on the hook for everything. No matter what happens to it, he's responsible because he's getting the most benefit without having to provide compensation. If uh, even should an onus occur, as Rashi tells us, This pasuk teaches us that a sho'el, someone who's a borrower, is obligated even in cases of onus, even in cases that are beyond his control, he's still obligated uh, to go ahead and pay, and no oath can get him out of it. So these are the three chapters that are discussed here in um, in Parashat Mishpatim in Perik Kafbet. There's a fourth watchman who's called a socher, who's a renter, somebody who is paying to use the object, and he is typically associated on the same level as a nosesachar Sakhar, as a Shomer Sakhar, someone who's getting paid to watch the object. Even though a Shomer Sakhar is not using the object and a Socher is, they're typically uh, viewed by the Hachamim as being on the same level of culpability. And so hence we now turn our attention to the eighth chapter, first Mishnah of Masichet Shavu'at, which lays all of this detail out very nicely. The Mishnah reads, Arba'a him, There are four types of watchmen. Shomer hinam, an unpaid watchman. a borrower. no someone who is a watchman for money, is a paid watchman. Behas socher, an renter, says the Mishnah. On the opposite extremes, you have Shomer hinam, nishba' alakol. Someone who's an unpaid watchman can swear on any type of instance that happens, including genevava Aveda, and becomes exempt from uh, having to pay. On the opposite extreme, Has shoel mishalem alakol someone who's a borrower, has to pay for all types of situations. Uh, He does not have the ability to exempt himself with any kind of oath since he's getting all of the benefits. However, in the middle we have someone who is a paid watchman or a renter. They have the ability to take an oath for a shivura if something happened that caused the product to be damaged or the possession to be injured. Or for captivity from uh, from the steam from bandits. Or if the animal died due to natural causes, but they're liable to pay for losing the object or for having the object stolen uh, from their possession. Geneva is means that he was negligent in the type of shmirah; he didn't do enough to deter a thief. A thief is somebody who doesn't uh, forcibly take the item, but tries to come in and steal and break in and and take it, which means that there was a level of Shmira that was not abided by on the part of the Noseh Sakhar or the Socher, which allowed for a thief to come in and be able to take it. And for that, he is liable to pay. So the Shomer Hinam swears for everything, the Sho'el swears for nothing, and the Noses Sakhar and the Socher have the ability to swear for certain instances, but not for others. Taking a look at Barat Tenura on this Mishnah, at the very end, he says, Mishalem al-hakol, talking about a Sho'el paying for everything, he says, Kol on all of the different examples that we've listed in the Mishnah, such as shivuya taking captive by steam, Shvura, destroyed, Meta, dead, uh, stolen or lost on all of these things he is liable to pay there is however one case where Sho'el is not liable to pay says if the animal died because of the typical work that the, that the animal was being put to then the Sho'el is not obligated to pay because it's not within the Sho'el's uh, parameters to have to worry about the death by by labor. I mean, assuming that the Sho'el did not do any type of extraneous labor, we're talking about a situation where he worked the animal within the normal means. Should he have done such a thing, the whole purpose of the Sho'el borrowing the animal was to be able to put it to work. And the person, the ba'a, the owner, knows that when he's lending this animal to the borrower that he's going to put it to work. So that is clearly um, hashed out before anything happens. And therefore, if the sho'il is working the animal within its normal means, and the animal should unexpectedly die, we cannot hold the sho'il culpable for that because that's within the normal means. There is this, a, a parallel mishnah to this elsewhere in Socheret Um And so it's mentioned here because of the need of oath. Elsewhere, it's mentioned to, to, to determine the culpability of each of these shumrim.